passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is, Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. I have got such a treat for you guys today. We are going to talk about something that I think that so many people are struggling with right now. And I just really believe in Jesus' name that it is going to encourage your heart in such a huge way. We're going to talk about sometimes the spies are in your mind. And after the break, I want to give you an update on my girl, Grace Miles. Now, God bless Grace. (laughs) She has been the topic of fodder, I guess, (laughs) comedic fodder over the last few months. Bless her heart. You know, that's what happens with first children. You have a first kid and, you know, she's almost 16 years old. I cannot even believe my life that I am saying that she is 16 years old, but she is almost 16 years old. And, you know, first babies, you kind of, I don't know, God bless the firstborns and God bless the parents that have them. You know, they're kind of like, you know, not even trying to be a guinea pig, but a guinea pig. You know, you kind of freak out. You're super uptight about your firstborn because they experience a bunch of firsts. And bless her heart, I know that I have used her as an example so many times when it comes to her driver's ed. And yes, I am a parent instructor for driver's ed, which by the way, I don't really recommend (laughs) unless you're a super laid back person, which I just happen not to be. Okay. But I do want to give you an update on her. We have, so in Texas, and I don't know how it is everywhere else, but in Texas, you know, there's, you have to do, I think, 30 hours before, and you have to log 30 hours of driving before you can get your license on the approved day, which hers would be her birthday. And, you know, there's lots of different things you have to do. Nighttime driving. No one in Dallas drives normal. It's horrifying to drive on these roads, okay? 635 is like a death trap. It's, it's absolutely crazy. You're driving. You're having a good day. You're drinking your little coffee, going to your little meeting, and then in front of you cut some crazy person that, you know— throws caution to the wind about their driving, that is for dang sure. And you pray for dear life that they don't hit you. You ask God to protect you all in a moment. And, you know, that's just kind of how driving is in Dallas. Well, she has to have highway driving. She has to have nighttime highway driving. She has to have, like, I just, we just did a thing yesterday. Like, she has to have a road trip. Like, apparently, you're supposed to practice doing a road trip with your kid. And, you know, now they have apps like Waze and Apple Maps and stuff like that. You know, back in the day, we had an atlas. You guys remember the giant, huge atlas that your dad would get out and plop on the top of the car. And my dad would always highlight where we were supposed to go. So we didn't get lost. And we did get lost multiple times and take wrong uh, directions. But I just want to give a shout out to my girl. We have driven on Texas roads 
27 hours. That is a lot of hours. And she has done remarkably well. I have now taken her downtown Dallas, and she has driven downtown Dallas, which, not going to lie, shaved a couple years off my life. But she did amazing. We went up 75. For those of you that are uh, familiar with the area, it's a very busy, busy highway. Went up 75. She did great. And so I do just want to give her a shout out to how amazing that she is doing. And here I am sitting in the passenger seat, (laughs) trying to teach her, guide her, protect her. And I will have to say, it has been really an interesting experience because as I'm watching my daughter, like I love my kids so much, I can't even handle my life. The thought of anything happen to happening to one of them is like, I mean, I don't even want, I don't even want to talk about it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> don't even want to talk about it. And here I have, like I tell Grace all the time, like I love you more than my life. I tell all four of the kids that. And to have this precious 15, almost 16 young woman that I gave birth to, that is my child next to me, and I... It is my responsibility as her, not just as her mom, but as her driver instructor to teach her what will keep her safe. It has given me a totally new perspective on my relationship with the Lord. It's so crazy. You know, as I'm looking at her, I know how precious She is to me. And I know one wrong move could hurt her. And so my job is to guide her to protect her so that she will get to her destination safely. It's to provide guidance for her. And I just, I'm sorry. I just think that this is just a great example of how the Spirit of God guides us and leads us. And it was such a beautiful picture. For those of you that whose kids have ever been in driver's ed or, or if they're young, it's coming. So pray now. But I just, it's kind of brought to life how God must feel the same way about you and about me. He is guiding us, teaching us, all the whole time in mind. He, in the back of his mind, or maybe in the front of his mind, it's, I love this kid of mine so much. I want her or him to get it so badly. I just want to protect them. I want them to get to their destination safely. I want them to thrive in this area of their life. So I'm going to do everything that I can to teach them the way that they should go. It's just given me a different perspective, I think. And I think that's what parenthood does. You learn new things about God just because you're God's kids as you go through it. But just as today, I don't know. Praise God that he is literally sitting right beside you. And he loves you with his life, literally. Hello, Jesus, dying on the cross for us. His whole desire is to guide you. 
and to lead you and to make sure you get to your destination safely. And it's also, too, it's crazy how, like, you couldn't get me out of the car if you paid me big bucks. I want to be right there with Grace. I want to make sure she knows everything that she needs to know. And while it's kind of terrifying driving with someone that's not licensed (laughs) and you're teaching them, I wouldn't be anywhere else. I'm in it with her. We're in it together. We park in in our driveway and we look at each other and we say, thank you, Jesus, we're back safe. We did it together. And I don't know, I just can't help but think that that is what the Lord is saying to us. We're doing this. We're doing this. So anyway, those are my opening thoughts today. A little bit about what's happening in my life. Now listen here, after the break, we're going to break down just a passage that I love with a little fresh perspective. Catch me right after this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Here we are back from the break. I hope you enjoyed, you know, before the break, because I just hope you did. <laughs> I know you guys, like, sometimes it's like, oh, my gosh, she's talking about her um, her family a lot. And, I mean, I hope, I hope that that's okay with you. But um, I've got something that actually – now, listen, I talked about this a couple of years ago, and it was like an aha moment for me. It was so incredibly crazy. And God brought it back to mind to me um, just last week, and it is just totally, totally rocked me. I want to tell you something. The enemy can easily hijack y'all's minds, in my mind. Okay, he just can. I mean, hello, uh, Eve in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) What did he do? He told her a little bit of truth and a big bit of lie. And he was able to manipulate her, Eve, to do exactly what he wanted her to do, okay? Which caused her to basically, you know, the fall of man and all that. Like, congratulations, Eve. Not a good day for you, okay? But the enemy still works like this, okay? And I I just see so many people that can't seem to get it together in their minds. And I want to tell you, this is kind of the, the title of what I'm going to talk to you guys about today. Sometimes the spies, the spies are in your mind, okay? Sometimes 
the spies are in your mind. Now, I am going to be referring to the spies, the 12 spies that Moses sent out to spy out the land of Canaan and the report that they brought back. Now, it's interesting. God told Moses, go take the land. Go take the land. I'm going to give you success. Congratulations. It's yours. The people then went to Moses and said, shouldn't we send spies into the land? The people did. God never said uh, before this right here, send spies into the land. He said, I'm going to show you a land and it's amazing. I've set it aside for you. Go in and conquer it. The people, after God said that, started to freak out. Because we always need human confirmation from something that God said. Oh, that is so, that drives me nuts about us. (laughs) But sometimes we need human confirmation from what God says. It makes it more tangible. It makes it more real to us, okay? And, of course, the nation of Israel was absolutely no different whatsoever. They wanted human confirmation for what God had already said. So uh, God actually said, okay. All right, you can do that. Okay, all right. Like God, God said, all right, that's okay. So I'm going to read this passage of scripture about this exchange, and it's out of Numbers, okay? I'm going to pick it up in Numbers 13, I'll say about 17, okay? They picked all the spies. There was 12 of them. The famous ones are Caleb and Joshua, okay? And then there's 10 more. Verse 17, Numbers 13, 17, when Moses sent them, all the 12 spies, to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, go up into the land of Negev, then go up into the hill country. Listen to what he says. See what the land is like, whether the people who live there in it are strong or weak, whether there are many or few. How is the land which they live? Is it good or bad? And how are the cities in which they live? Are they open camps or fortifications? We know that Jericho was definitely fortified. I've studied uh, Jericho for years, and it was definitely a fortified city. How is the land? Is it fat or lean? Does it yield a bunch of harvest or does it not? Are there trees in it or not? So Moses is like, get your pen and paper ready. Get your notepad ready on your little phone. I want you to take a bunch of notes about what's going on up in Canaan. Make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land. Like bring something home. We want to see it. Now that the time was right for the first ripe grapes. So they went. They went ahead and went. Gotcha, Mo. Gotcha, Mo. We call call my Moses Mo. So... They're saying, see you, Mo. We'll see you later. I'll bring you back a good report. Everything is going to be just absolutely great. So the 12 men, I'm sure this was exciting for them. I mean, what an exciting opportunity to be chosen from like millions, uh, hundreds of thousands for sure, men, um, to go and you're like, you're one of 12 that was chosen. One of 12. That's pretty huge honor. So these guys are probably incredibly honored to have the task of going into the promised land, which God said, hey, listen here, I'm going to give you this land and take notes for Moses. Okay, This is a really, really amazing opportunity. Let me just tell you, if 
Moses trusted these men to go. The entire nation of Israel trusted them also. Moses had a crazy, amazing reputation, okay? Now, the people yelled at him a lot, but he was very well respected amongst the Israelite people because, hello, you don't follow someone for years and not hold them in high regard. So if Moses trusted these 12 men, so did the nation. So the nation probably watched as they left. So in verse 21, it says, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob and Labohamath. You're welcome for pronouncing that for you. As they left, so they went. As they left, I'm sure the whole nation of Israel, I'm sure it was getting around. Oh my goodness, the the spies are leaving. Like, like oh, we got to pray for them. We got to, you know, make sure that they have everything that they need. The whole nation was probably aware of this little mission that these 12 men were going out on because it was a big deal, okay? So they were waiting while they were gone, no doubt there was lots of conversation breaking out about what they were finding. I wonder what they're finding. I wonder if we'll actually go in, like all of those things. So this more than likely was a really, really huge deal in the entire camp. So when they came back, everybody was interested in what they had to say. Okay. Okay. Verse 23 says this, uh, Numbers 13, 23 says this. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol. I love this. And from there, they cut down a branch with single cluster of grapes. Now listen to the wording, a single cluster of grapes. You could totally just breeze right over this, but this is what makes the Bible so incredible. They cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes Next stanza, and they carried it on a pole between two men. That tells me right there that that one single solitary little cluster of grapes showed you that the land was exactly the way God described it. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, it is a land. That is good. It is a good land. Here, these 12 people, these 12 men, actually cut one cluster of grapes down and they had to carry it on a pole between two men. And these were not slight men. These were like warrior men, okay? They were the heads of their tribes. They were were amazing. As they cut that down, I wonder what they were thinking wow, look at these grapes. These are pretty amazing. These are awesome. Wow, God, this is exactly what God said it was going to be like. And now we have confirmation that this is a, a good land, full of produce, full of harvest, flowing with milk and honey. They are literally cutting down the proof that what God said was true. So they carried it between two men with some of the pomegranates and, and figs with it. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the sons of Israel cut down from there. 
Next, next verse, 25. When they return from spying out the land at the end of 40 days. Now, it took them 40 days to go through the whole land. And they took their time, right? So it's not like they, like, you know, went through a drive through spying out the land. Like, they were, they actually took their time. They wanted to make sure that their information was accurate. They wanted to make sure that everything that Moses had asked for, they got. So they took 40 days, which I think is awesome. Like, take your time, do it right. Okay, that's, so they did. So they come back after 40 days. They proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron, verse 26, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, this is where it gets dicey, okay? They come back. They're carrying the fruit on the pole, the pomegranates, the figs, the grapes. All the congregation, it says right here in verse 26, all the congregation is waiting, ready, with the pole uh, uh, listening to what they have to say. It's been 40 days, the same time that Moses was up on Mount Sinai getting uh, the Ten Commandments. They're waiting. The Israelites knew how to wait well. Actually, scratch that. They didn't really know how to wait well, (laughs) considering the golden calf. But they knew how to wait, okay? Thus, verse 27, they told him and said, we went into the land where you sent us. This is their report. And it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Verse 28 says this, nevertheless, nevertheless, the people who live there are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. They came back and gave a report and rather than just giving the report, they created a narrative. I mean, it really does. Flow with milk and honey, just like Jesus said, just like God said. But we saw the descendants of Anak there. Nevertheless, the people of the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very, very large. They created and fed the Israelites, a thought pattern. They did not just say, um, you know, here's our report. There's a lot of fruit. There's a lot of milk. There's a lot of honey. Yeah, the people are big. Um, The cities are large. They are fortified. See how that would have been different? These are the facts. They inserted emotion into what they found. Nevertheless, The descendants of Anak are there. God had already told them they were going to be successful. 
But these 10 men took it upon themselves rather than to create the narrative in the Israelites' minds that God is faithful. The the people are big, but God is so much bigger. God is going to give us the land. Remember what the Lord said. They created a narrative of fear and fed it to the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel bought it big time. So much that uh, Caleb could see that they were starting to freak out. Verse 30 says this, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should, this is what the other ten should have said, but Caleb was the only courageous one at this point. We should, by all means, go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. He remembered what God said, but the men, verse 31, who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against this people, for they are too strong for us. So there was 12 that went in with two totally, uh, saw the same thing with two totally different perspectives. Verse 32 says this, So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw are men of great size. Verse 14 one says this, Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept all that I think this passage is very incredibly fascinating and I could pull like 50 hundred things out of this passage. But what I want to pull out of this passage is that we have a situation. We have 12 spies. They both saw the same thing and there were two groups of them. One was a larger group than the other, 10 And those 10 spies, even though they saw the facts, created a narrative that was anti-God. The other two spies, Joshua and Caleb, created a narrative that was very full of faith and pro-God. One was fear-based and one was faith-based. And guess which one won? The fear-based one. Joshua, the son of Nun, 14, verse 6, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes after the Israelites were crying. And they spoke to the congregation, to the sons of Israel, say, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land, which is exactly what the other ten said. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now, this is where I want to bring it home. Sometimes I think these two groups of spies reside inside of our minds. Maybe we know the facts about something and we know the the spirit, you know, he is not rude, mean, hateful. He's not fear-mongering. The Bible says very clearly God has not given us a spirit of fear. But rather of power and sound mind. 
the bigger group of the spies were scared. The smaller group were full of faith. And their response was, they'll be our prey. And I just want to remind you guys um, today that sometimes we can create a narrative in our mind that may be based a little bit of uh, on fact, but a whole bunch on fear. We can create a narrative in our mind that is absolutely terrifying. You can be walking around living your worst nightmare 24-7, literally because of what you think in your mind. That's exactly what these 10 spies is. They created a terrifying narrative for the nation of Israel to listen to. And they bought it. And it cost them. And I wonder today, what group of spies in your mind is winning? You've been faced with this situation. Maybe you know what God said, but you're faced with it. And man, it is just so easy to slide into that narrative of fear and everything could go wrong and this and that. And they'll devour us and blah, 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 blah. But if you take it all the way back to the promise of God, just like Joshua and Caleb did, you should, being a believer, have the narrative circulating in your mind that God's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of us. He's going to conquer this for us. He's going to go ahead of us. He's going to slay those giants for us. Sometimes these spies reside within our minds. Sometimes the bad report is easier to believe than the good report. Sometimes the bad report is more believable than the good report. And I just want to encourage you guys today, is what you're allowing to take up real estate in your mind actually, does it actually match the character of God that resides inside of you. Because if it doesn't, you need to silence those ten spies. And you need to pick up the promises of God and forge forward in faith, knowing that he will fight on your behalf. I love this. The Joshua and Caleb just so you know, were the only two spies that actually got to, to enter the promised land. And Joshua, uh, hello, took over for Moses. So not a bad gig for using faith. What an incredible blessing. And the Bible actually calls Caleb a man with a different spirit. There was a lot of blessing attached to their faith that they exercised that day. As you go about your day today, I want you to evaluate those of you that are living in fear or frustration or whatever of something, anxiety. Does this actually match up with my God? And if it doesn't, you need to pray, oh, Lord, give me a new narrative. Help me to hear, help me to see, confirm the narrative of faith, of goodness that you want for me. Whew. I hope that helps you guys. I am going to be back after the break with a question from one of you out there. I love you all so much. Listen, God preaches to me way before I preach to you guys. 
This is like for me too. Sometimes I'll record these and I'll, I'll, I'll want to cry in the middle of them. Sometimes I do cry. You guys just don't know. The word of God, you guys, is so powerful and so full of hope. It has stood the test of time. The attributes of God since the beginning of time have never changed nor have they faltered. He's never got caught in a scandal. He is good. And he has good for you, his child. Right after the break, I'll answer a question from one of you. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okie dokie. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I loved doing it for you. I love y'all so much. I have a question from one of you guys out there, Dana. Dana. Hello, Dana. Thanks for your question, my dear. Um, This is the question. Can you explain what intercessory prayer is? Great question. How do I do this and what does it mean when someone else does it for me? Okay, so I'm going to just put it in autumn terms. Can we do that? (laughs) Can I just put it in autumn terms for you guys? Intercede to me means to literally take on someone's request as your own, okay? I will tell you just very specifically an example of this. When my brother, those of you that don't know, my brother got in a horrible motorcycle accident in 2018, okay? Amanda, my sister-in-law, who I'm very close to, she actually works with us at the ministry, and she helped put this outline together for us today. Uh, But I remember her calling me, and I would talk to her just about every day just to get updates, like, how's everything doing, whatever, whatever. And she was so incredibly weary. I remember her calling me one day, and I I don't think that she will mind me saying this, but I remember her calling me one day, and I remember her just being so overwhelmed. She just couldn't believe that David was going to be healed. She couldn't believe it. She was having the hardest day ever. And I told her on that phone call, I'll never forget it. Amanda, you don't have to be strong in your faith today. Be weak. My faith My belief that David's arm is going to be healed is going to take the place of yours. 
I will pray in faith for his healing today. You take on the request as if it's your own for somebody else. And that's what it means when someone else does it for you. It's really a beautiful thing. I've done this for years. Our best friend couldn't have babies for years, for 15 years. We interceded for them. Now they have twins. And and just so you know, consequently, David's arm is almost 100% healed. It's absolutely unbelievable what God has done. Not just because of my prayers, but because of the prayers of everyone that have offered them on his behalf. Intercession is going in on behalf of somebody's need. And it is actually one of my favorite ways to pray. I love to do this. I love to see God answer my request for somebody else. I love to see it. So that is what it is. And that is what it means for you. It is incredibly powerful. And it is like, I always consider it a gift that you can't buy. You can't buy that. Um, You can't buy telling someone, hey, listen, you be weak today. I'm going to be strong for you. Uh, It is an an incredible gift. So that's what it is. Thanks for your question, Dana. And thank you guys for listening. I love you guys so much. I hope this encouraged you guys today. Catch me next week with a brand new episode of The Autumn Mile Show. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.